Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to welcome back to our show my friend, Dr. Jessica Funk. If you have listened before, we did a dive into the data of the children, the, the data on children and COVID vaccines, or the lack of data, I maybe should say. And I'm excited to welcome Jessica back today to talk a little bit more about the field of dentistry, some of the changes that are happening there and an alliance and network that she has helped to start to help shape the future of dentistry in a way that empowers the provider and the patient. So thanks so much. Welcome back, Jessica. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for inviting me back. Yeah. And I, I want to start just by sharing how we met. So, um, you know, back about a year ago now was when we all kind of came together to start the North Carolina Physicians for Freedom. And what I love about our organization is we bring in medical providers from all different types of specialties. So it's not all doctors um, or, or medical doctors, I should say. And we have a variety of types of providers. And the collaboration of that has really allowed us to make a bigger impact, which I love. Um, and, and I met Jessica through that and we became fast friends and I'm so grateful for her and the work that she's doing and I love her family and all of those things. And um, what the other important thing is that we, we make a larger um, impact, especially in the state of North Carolina, but also that everybody kind of has to hone into their areas of specialty if we are to make a change in the way that um, all these different types of medicine and dentistry are practiced. And so Jessica, would you share with us just a little bit about your journey? Because it's, it's fascinating. And then we'll talk more about the work that you're doing now. Sure. I'd be glad to. Um, well, I started, you know, in, um, 2020, uh, I've been practicing dentist for a little over two decades and in March of 2020, when everything shut down, I just did as I was told and followed everything that we were being um, instructed via our alphabet agencies and never really questioned much of anything until about fall of 2020 when the vaccines rolled out and the um, our governor, Governor Cooper, offered an executive order for dentists to be part of the rollout. And I wanted to be, you know, on the front lines of helping us uh, get out of the pandemic. So I started doing a little research and that's really what turned me around and made me realize how much um, was being covered up um, all through, you know, 2020 patients were not being provided care that they should have been. And then sort of started my mission of really trying to dive into what was going on. And as I was, I was seeing information come through our dental channels that parroted what was you know, being said by HHS and CDC. And one of those items was refuting the benefits of natural immunity. And I mean, that just flies in the face of everything that we were taught in dental school, immunology 101. And so I took to the North Carolina Dental Society Open Forum, which is a place for us to be able to discuss things that impact our profession. And specifically, this was impacting um, the... uh, employees of dental of dental teams who were trying to 
avoid taking the shot because they had been previously exposed to COVID and had natural immunity. And the position of the dental society and, and dental um, organization at large was that natural immunity was inferior to vaccinated immunity. So I presented research. Uh, I cited the Lancet, uh, British Medical Journal, Nature, and Cell. I think those were the four journals where I had found evidence that natural immunity was superior. And my post was taken down. Um, and when I reached out to the moderator, she said that I was spreading misinformation. And I just couldn't believe that what was happening in medicine was also happening in our profession. And so I took to our forum in a more generic sense of just calling out the fact that we are scientists and we are deeply involved in, in what's happening with COVID, not so much that we're treating it, but that, you know, we obviously work on open mouths and um, are exposed. And um, at that point, I garnered interest from some other providers who were very concerned that our forum or that our dental society, this is the state dental society that we pay to be members of, would take to censoring research. And then bore our group called the Socratic Dental Alliance. And we are working sort of in parallel to North Carolina Physicians for Freedom to bring uh, the Socratic method back to the discussion of research so that we can best offer our patients uh, yeah. care. In addition, one more thing, and then I'll stop, um, right. uh, is the other thing that our, the mission of our group is to be a force to help encourage young dentists coming out of dental school to consider private practice versus corporate dentistry. Uh, medicine has by and large been taken over by corporate medicine. And fortunately for dentistry, we, we, we're not there yet, but we are moving ever so quickly now. Mm -hmm. And so we want to, um, you know, we want to stand up for the, the single provider who's uh, offering care. Yeah. And that's obviously incredibly important. I have a question. If I'm correct in our state and many others, dentistry, like um, uh, regular dentistry care, your biannual checkups and cleanings, that was not considered essential during the shutdown. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So what was your business and, and all of your colleagues significantly affected during that time? I would imagine it would have to be. Oh, it was huge. It was huge. Um, you know, we were my practice and it, it sort of varied amongst providers. We were, we were shut for 10, 12 weeks, and, you know, and I joked with, <laughs> with friends. I'm like, I didn't even take this much time off after I had babies. Right. Um, you know, and, and there my practice would at least been have been productive because I would have had somebody else in there. But yeah, it was huge. It was a huge impact. And um, aside from the obvious financial issues that come from that, um, you, you know, yourself, all of your employees, would you say that you that there were negative effects on the health and people's mouths during that time, not getting the treatments that they needed? For sure. And, you know, I, I opened Tuesdays and Thursdays during that time for emergencies, people who were comfortable to come in and be seen, um, which I probably saw four patients a day versus the 30 to 40 I normally see. Um, and, but even after we opened back up, we, we were very busy right off the bat, but I'm still now almost three years out 
still having patients trickle back in who have been too scared mm. to come in. And so care, care being neglected has affected their oral health for sure. Yeah, I would imagine that's a long time. Um, back to the position of the dental society and and that. Have they at this point changed their stance on the recommendations that they're making? Well, as far as the recommendations, everything that comes through our main channels of the dental organizations, and I have not found, found one to um, question or go against what comes out of Walensky's or Fauci's mouth. Um, so as far as that, that's all being parroted through our dental organizations. If the question was more about the censorship, mm -hmm. um, that was after I posted something more generically about being a scientific forum, my post was reinstated and uh, I then took to revealing or sharing some more research that I had done only to it be called, you know, tinfoil hat wearing. I needed to have my credentials removed. Um, and then the sort of icing on the cake was when the president of the North Carolina Dental Society came out and said that um, essentially I was unwelcome, my views were unwelcome and that I should try to find another avenue to share my, and I was only sharing research. I mean, specifically the American Dental Association put out something, oh, probably spring of 2022 that said that dentists need to shoulder the misinformation being spread about masks and vaccines, but it never specifically said what that misinformation was. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, there's, as you well know, there's sufficient evidence to point to the ineffectiveness of masking the general public in addition to the ineffectiveness of the COVID shots, um, which was known very early, but was mm -hmm. you know obviously well more known by the spring of 2022 you know, and it was that post and that research that I presented that, you know, it was eventually the president's like, okay, this, this woman's not going to shut up. So I'm going to, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take care of that myself. Um, right. And it just, as you know, I mean, there are times where you just feel like you're beating your head against the wall. And so it just wasn't the right avenue for the resources that I have. And that is why Socratic Dental Alliance, you know, has decided to just sort of break off and do our own thing. Um, and and interestingly, if I'm if I'm remembering the story correctly, you some of the members of the Socratic Dental Society, you guys kind of met and bonded over that post because they were messaging you privately. And that's kind of how you guys created your core group who were saying, we're with you, we're for you. Yeah, you're right. And am I correct in that, that that's kind of the beginning of how this started though? That's exactly correct. And I mean, I had never, only one of the six of us had, well, there were about 25 to 30 people that emailed me privately thanking me for putting the information out there, but only a handful of us willing to kind of do the heavy lifting of creating this separate organization, which has been a lot of work, as, as you well know, you know, in addition to raising our families and running our businesses, we're doing this on the side. And of that core group, I had never met any of them um, except for one. So it was it was um, just all via email and via Zooms. And then here we are. Right. Well, and I mean, I would say that same thing with the Physicians for Freedom. My husband's been a doctor for a decade and I 
think I, I actually let me think. I don't think I knew. I don't think. Well, I knew. I knew maybe two of the people that are in our three hundred plus person network at this point. So yeah. that has been. You know, I kind of. I'm. I'm all about silver linings and uh, seeing how God has worked through the challenges, especially during 2021. I would say, and how you know we've been able to collaborate and all of these new fabulous relationships and efforts were born. And I think that's just a special point to, to remember. So what, um, as you guys are, are moving, moving forward, how has your alliance been received from the larger dental community? Are they like, are they paying attention to you? Are they ignoring you? Are they, not like how how is that how are those um what wins have you seen I guess is my question and what challenges do you still face well I would say as as far as wins within our profession that I don't have any to report at this time um we are you know winning I would say within our patient population kind of getting back to what you said in the beginning and and using sort of the platform that we have, and that is the trust that our patients have in us and opportunities that arise to be able to share something that counters the narrative that they've been hearing from MSNBC and, mm -hmm. you know, all the major news networks. Um, and we do have, as far as a potential positive for our group, um, an opportunity this spring where we're going to be meeting with the Dean of the University of North Carolina's Dental School to talk about our organization and what our mission is. And so I think that'll be, you know, and hopefully meet some dental students and be an opportunity to move forward with oh, efforts. That's wonderful. That's really exciting. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and I would imagine that's, uh, there, there are some questions as far as how that all might be received, I'm sure, but it's yeah. worth it to go and express your views and how you were started and, and all of that to be able to continue making an impact. I don't, and I think, you know, is one of the reasons why we haven't had quite the success that North Carolina Physicians for Freedom has had in terms of growing our size is that by and large, dentists weren't impacted quite as harshly as the medical profession. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot, you know, most people it just with the, just like society at large, most people just don't want to be inundated with this, or they just want to move on, you know, like a COVID right. over, let's move on. Uh, so you have to find somebody who's really, who's done the research that wants to get involved and keep the, well, and would you say that the reason for that is because dentistry is still mostly I mean, lar largely private practice and therefore providers were still able to make a lot of their yeah. own decisions yeah. rather than the mandates of large corporate medicine from guys in the ivory tower that are not ever touching a patient. Yep. That's exactly right. And that's what we, you know, we want to try to preserve because it helped, you know, sort of save our profession in this. Yeah. Um, but just as medicine is, as so many, you know, physicians are just have bought into the narrative. Um, and I don't know what percentage that, you know, you would consider that to be, but I would say in dentistry, you know, from the feedback on the forum, um, I would say that 85% of the dentists in North Carolina uh, are pretty well bought into 
the approved narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, you know, we have a lot of work to do to, um, I, I don't think that. that's terrible, dif- terribly different in medicine. I do think that there is a lot, like you said, people just want to move on. I think we're seeing that in the greater society and that's understandable because nobody wants to relive everything again, but I think we have to be willing to dig our heels in and say, but what happens next time? Right. (laughs) Because there will inevitably be a next time. Absolutely. And, you know, to what you were saying earlier about the silver lining, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's the beauty of the, the evil that we've lived through is if you have awakened, you're, you're realizing that it goes far deeper than just COVID. And I think the challenge for a lot of people who really don't want to kind of wake up to it is it's a heavy, it's, it's a heavy load to bear when you really understand the level of corruption, um, you know, with one within your field, right. Um, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, a much broader, broader topics. It's, it's much, it's probably much more comfortable and, and pleasant to have your head in the sand, um, sadly. Right. No, I would agree fully. Um, as we, I want to note before we finish the effort that you guys have to help providers to launch private practices was so interesting as, as dentistry is going the way of medicine, as far as more and more large conglomerates of, of, you know, these dental corporations, I know, I I know from my own uh, network of people that they're trying, they're doing what happened in medicine. They're going and buying up dental practices and giving them all the same name. And it looks like because they keep the dentist employed, it looks a certain way, but I've heard of some really shady things that have happened with contracts being violated, people being fired just before retirement, like all kinds of things that definitely are money driven. And it's interesting because we see on the other hand, this huge move toward direct primary care and medicine and that kind of thing. And people getting out, of course, this is still small, but the direct primary care industry and the medical sharing programs getting away from insurance and corporate medicine is just exploding with these new tech companies and all kinds of things. So do you feel like there is good opportunity to put the brakes on dentistry to say, we don't want to do that. Like, let's wake up and see, and you can start your own practice and you can live a better lifestyle and probably make way more money because you, it's a capitalistic society and you're your own boss. Um, what, what are, what would you say do you see as the opportunities and roadblocks there? What are these young dentists you're talking to? What are they saying, feeling, what are they being told in school and so forth? Well, so the first, the first roadblock for a lot of dental students getting out is the amount of debt they have. And that debt to, you know, hang a shingle like my dad is a, as a dentist back in the seventies is, is just, it's cost prohibitive, you know, for these young dentists, cause it's a, just a different time. Mm-hmm. And so it's very enticing. These uh, corporations will, you know, provide a six figure salary that's guaranteed to these young dentists. And so they, um, they're, they sort of funnel off into it. Um, but what I have witnessed, and so I, you know, our goal is to be a mentor one, because it is scary. It is very scary to own your mm-hmm. own business, um, right out of dental school, because there's not a lot of time spent in dental school, educating you how to run a business. 
right? Um, and that's a problem across the medical field in general, yes, for sure. Abs- yeah, yeah. Um, so one would be mentoring the young students, whether they're just out of school or the examples that I have are ones that have actually been in corporate dentistry, have seen, you know, the other side. And that is, and this is where my heart is, is, is the patient care. Mm -hmm. Um, patient care suffers as a result of the corporate, the corporate entity of dentistry. And, um, so as they get out and they need somebody to kind of lean on to be, to be that, um, but then the other thing, and this is bigger and we're not sure how that we're going to do this yet, but the, the corporate offices, because they are so large, have, have ways of keeping their overhead costs lower because mm-hmm. they can buy in such bulk and make deals with these larger companies. And, and that's what we're going to have to figure out a way that as single providers that we have a little bit more, I don't know if it's buying power or what mm-hmm. to be able to make sure that we can, you know, our fees will always be more expensive because our overheads going to be more expensive than a corporate office, but it, it can't be a huge disparity. There's got to right. be something that we can do. So that's the other thing we're going to be working and on. And that's one of the other beauties of collaboration. And kind of as we're moving into this next year, really only our second year as Physicians for Freedom with all of our providers is to continue creating better opportunities to collaborate, both sharing expertise, but also sharing um, resources as far as, okay, well, if we have 10 practices that are going to buy from you, then, you know, would you be willing to give us a corporate discount like you do this big guy over here, you know? Exactly. There's so many great opportunities for that, that I'm looking forward to capitalizing on, because I think that piece of the puzzle matters so much for the future. And, and I love that we all get to do that together and, Um, it's just been as difficult of a journey as it has been. There's been so much fruit that's come from it as well. Absolutely. And, and the friendships that you've, we've created, Mm -hmm. um, such a deep bond in working together for something that's such a positive, not only for ourselves and our families, but for, you know, the patients that we love, um, it's, it really helps drive us forward. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. And I love Jessica that you always, put your effort where your mouth is for lack of a better term. (laughs) Uh, You're not a talker, you're a doer. And I love that about you. And I just, as always with the podcast, we just always want to encourage people as you're listening to think of ways in your life and the areas of influence that you have to be able to be a helper, be a doer, change someone's life for the better. And that can look so many ways, big and small, and it doesn't have to be some new, great, big, huge organization or anything like that. But we have opportunities to impact others, to have healthy discourse that is respectful, of course, every single day. And so we just always encourage everyone to go out and positively impact their communities and places where they're working and living and doing their activities. And so Um, you're a great role model of that, Jessica, and I'm grateful to call you a friend and thanks so much for coming on to, to share your story about what's going on with your, um, alliance and society, as well as kind of the inside scoop on dentistry. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for having us, having me on. And, um, I look, I look forward to talking with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Jess.